0: Thank you for joining our podcast from New Life Church Greenbrier. If you're joining us for the first time, we would love to know about it. Just text Greenbrier to 88000 and fill out one of our Connect cards. Now, let's listen in to today's message. All right, all right. Well, good morning, New Life Church. Man, I love you guys. It is so good to be back with you this weekend. Um, how many of you enjoyed Pastor Adam's message last week on encouragement? Yeah. I'm so thankful for this guy. He and I have had the privilege of doing ministry together for many years now. Um, and I'm just so, so thankful for his heart and the way that he pastors this church with me and, and the way he serves you guys. Um, he spoke on encouragement. And I just want to say this. I am encouraged by you. I... I had the opportunity this week to get away and unplug and, and just thinking back of everything that God has done through our church um, since we launched as a campus over the last six years. I mean, there's been some difficult seasons, right? There, there has been a few, few difficult things we've had to walk through in the last six years. But I'm so encouraged by the way you serve and by the way that you give. Um, how many of you noticed a turkey on the patio? I try, to, I try to talk her to run through the sanctuary and she wouldn't do it. Because her little legs were too short, she's afraid she'd fall. Why do we have a turkey on the patio? I'm gonna tell you why we have a turkey on the patio is because we we have one of my absolute favorite outreaches coming up. It's Thanksgiving. serving, um, because of your faithfulness and because of the way that you serve and because of the way that you're so faithful with your giving. It allowed us last year to distribute 150 boxes of food to 150 families right here in the Greenbrier community. That is a great place to give God some praise. Well, it's coming up on the 19th, and um, we're not doing 150 families this year. We're doing 300 families this year. On Friday, there's 300 turkeys showing up right here. But I'm going to tell you what, we can't do it alone. Um, a few people can't distribute 300 turkeys in Greenbrier. We need all hands on deck. And I would ask you guys to show up. Bring your family, bring your kids. Um, you think that you're blessing these families when you take food to them, and at the end of the day... It's more of a blessing for you than it ever was for them. Um, the reason that, that I talk, I, you know how you get a, somebody to dress up like a turkey and stand on the patio? You wait until the night before church to ask them. So they don't have time to think about it, right? Hey, there she is. Come on, y'all give it up for our turkey this morning. Love you. Love you. She didn't have time to think about it, to say no. So we just asked her, hey, you going to wear a turkey costume tomorrow in church? Sure. Okay, we hung up the phone. We didn't say why. We didn't say what or anything else. But I, I just want to say this, though. Um, this is for you guys to have the opportunity to serve during our thanksgiving. serving. The easiest way to get connected to that is to text the word Greenbrier to 88000. We try to keep everything in a centralized location, and it's just easy for us. It takes you to our link tree. If you text inside the number where you would normally text a number, 501, whatever, just text just put 88,000 and then the body of that message just text greenbrier when you send that text it's going to automatically send you a response back with a link if you click on that link that gives you access to everything that we're doing um, life groups connect classes when they're coming up what's happening what's next but it gives you an opportunity to sign up to serve at our thanks serving that'll be on the 19th we're asking everybody to show up wearing your red serve t-shirts at 8 a.m on the 19th everybody say that's early it's really not that early I just seen if y'all would say it. But no, we need you here. But I also want to say this. Um, how many of you have been to grocery shopping lately? You've been to the stores lately? Man, I'm going to tell you what, it's expensive, right? Um, if you could use a food box, let us know. It doesn't have to be people that um, are members of our church. It doesn't have to be people that are not members of our church. If you're in a place this season where you could use a little extra help, let us help you. There'll be a food box, there's a turkey, there'll be plenty of food to prepare a Thanksgiving meal, and um, I I just want to, there's somebody here that I want to honor really quick, and then we'll get into today's message, and she's going to kill me for doing this. Uh, Misty Johnson, would you stand up, please? Um, Misty Johnson is our, yes, you guys give it up for Misty. Let me sit down. She's a lot meaner than me, so I was a little bit worried about asking her to stand up. But, you know, it sounds like 300 turkeys, that's a great um, a great thing to do. But it takes a lot of planning. It takes a lot of organization. And I found out it's a lot of work to find 300 turkeys, um, especially in this season. Apparently, there's a shortage of turkeys. And um, there's one out there on the patio. But um, So we have them. But thank you, Misty, for the work that you're putting into this. Guys, we need you. We need you. We need to be the hands and feet of Christ. And the Think Serving Outreach is, is a great opportunity to do that. Amen? Well, how many of you have enjoyed our Book of Acts series that we've been in in the last several weeks? Um, I know I have. Walking through the Book of Acts, you know, we looked at the conversion of Saul the first week and we saw how one moment in the presence of God can absolutely change a life. Aren't you thankful for that? The next weekend, we looked at how opposition is actually an opportunity in life, that we're all going to face adversity. We're all going to walk through times and seasons and storms, and we're going to face some opposition. But you know, the best way to share the love of Jesus Christ isn't just when things are going great, but it's when things are not going so well is a great opportunity as well. Opposition is an opportunity, but it also provides an opportunity for maturity as the body of Christ and as believers. And if there's one person that I know of that really understood what it meant to walk through adversity, it was Paul. You know, as we look through Scripture, the New Testament, there were two really good leaders, Jesus, obviously, was number one, but Paul was number two. We're going to talk about why Paul was such a great leader today. We're going to look through the last two chapters of the book of Acts, chapter 27 and 28, and we're going to see how Paul took a time in his life when they were going through a storm and he used it as an opportunity to lead and to stand up and to be the reflection of the love of Jesus Christ in a season of uncertainty for many people around him. If you got your Bibles with you, I want you to do me a favor. I want you to turn to the book of Acts chapter 27. Let me set this up for you just a minute. You see, when we hit Acts 27 and 28, Paul has already been arrested. He's headed for trial. He's been stripped of his position. And some people would say, well, that Paul was really not in a position to lead anyone, right? The world would tell you that there's no way that he could be a leader with what's going on. In the world's eyes, he's in a no zone to lead Proverbs eleven fourteen tells us that without wise leadership, a nation is in trouble. I think we could take that a step further and say, without wise leadership, a family's in trouble. Without wise leadership, our business could be in trouble. Our community's in trouble. Without wise leadership, our church is in trouble. And I'm not talking about just New Life Church. I'm talking about the church as a whole. Listen, everyone in this room is a leader. Now, some of you may say, "Well, I'm not a good leader." If you're not a good leader, find a good leader. Surround yourself with people that are further along in their walk with Christ and their relationship. Find people to draw from their wisdom. Find people to surround yourself that'll help you through the difficult seasons. You see, the thing about it is, is Paul was a fantastic leader, but he didn't start out that way. Maybe you didn't start out that way either. But as we walk through this passage of Scripture today, I want us to look at a few things that what I believe is so important. You know, I believe the world is screaming out right now for godly leaders. How many of you would agree with that? And I want to tell you something else. I feel very strongly that God is calling us as a church to lead very boldly right now. And this week I had the opportunity to to kind of unplug and I had the opportunity to spend a lot of time alone with the Lord. And one of the things that God was very clear about Was that I haven't been placed here to make you feel good about yourself. I've been placed here to challenge you, to teach you the Word of God, and so that we grow to be a stronger body of Christ. Can I have an amen? I'm gonna tell you something else. How many of you believe that we live in the greatest nation in the world today? I do. I believe we do, but I'm gonna tell you what we've got a duty. It's time to vote. When you go to the polls this week, I don't want you to walk into the polls and make a decision just because it's the thing to do. I want you to walk in there and I want you to be prayed up. I want you to be prepared. Deception is a real thing. How many of you would agree that deception is a real thing? Deception is a real thing in the world today. Don't be deceived. I'm not standing up here on the pulpit and telling you who to vote for, but I am telling you this, and I am very strong. I feel very strongly about this. Do not walk in those doors to cast that ballot without looking through these policies and know what you're voting for or what you're voting against. And if it doesn't line up with the Word of God, you'd better check yourself. Amen. Amen? Listen, God is moving on our country right now. We can't be, we can't be surprised when we come against obstacles. It's going to happen, right? So let's be prayed up. Let's be a body of Christ that's prepared, that's educated, and that walks in there and casts a ballot based upon what the Word of God tells us. Amen? If you've got your notes with you, I want you to write this down. This is point number one. We talk about leadership this morning and how great of a leader that Paul was. We know this real leaders remain calm in a storm. Real leaders remain calm in a storm. If you go to Acts 27, verse 10, we see where he says, Men, I can't see, I can see that our voyage is going to be disastrous. This is Paul addressing those that are on the ship with him. And bring great loss to ship and cargo and to our own lives also. So Paul is warning them at this moment, we're about to go into a storm. And if we continue on this journey, it's fixing to cost us something. Let's down to verse 18. He was right. It says, we took such a violent battering from the storm that the next day they began to throw the cargo overboard. On the third day, they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands. When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and the storm continued raging, we finally gave up all hope of being saved. How many of you have ever been in a storm when all hope was gone? I know I have. When I felt like the sun was never going to come back out. You're walking through a season where you just don't know how you're going to be able to breathe. That's where they were at. They thought everything that they'd worked for was gone. But then look at verse 21 said, after they had gone a long time without food, Paul stood up before them and said, Men, you should have taken my advice not to sail from Crete. Paul saying, I told you. Then you would have spared yourselves this damage and loss. But, everybody say, but. But, now I urge you to keep up your courage, because not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. Last night, an angel of God, to whom I belong and whom I serve, stood beside me and said... Do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar, and God has graciously given you the lives of all who sell with you. So keep up your courage, men, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as He told me. Nevertheless, we must run aground on some island. Now I want to point something out to you. As I was studying through this passage of Scripture, I've read this passage of Scripture I don't know how many times, but something stood out to me this week. Let's go back to verse 22 for just a minute. It says, but now I urge you to keep up your courage. So Paul's telling them, keep your courage up. Keep your head up, right? It's going to be okay. Because not one of you will be lost. He's saying, God's got us. God's got us. Not one of you will be lost. But then we skip over this next part. It says, only the ship will be destroyed. Now, wait a second. So you're telling me that when we get outside of the will of God and we do things on our own, and sometimes we're going to have to experience loss? Yes. Yes. You know, church, sometimes there's consequences to our actions. When we make the decision to step outside of what we know that the Word of God has told us and the direction that God has given us, sometimes we're going to experience loss. And I'm going to tell you something else, too. There's times in your life that you're going to experience loss, and there's no reason that you can find for it. There'll be loss that you've experienced in your life, that it'll be the day that you stand before Jesus and you say, God, why did that have to happen? And you may not know today. You may not know as long as you live on this earth. I get asked a lot of times as a pastor, why do bad things happen to good people? There are some things that, that I don't have the answers for, church, but I do know this, that God works for the good in all things, for those that love Him and are called according to His plan and His purpose. Even in the toughest storms, in the darkest days, when you can't see the light, God is still working on our behalf. But you see, If you believe there's a God, you better understand that there's an enemy. And that enemy wants really badly to distort and destroy what it is that God's doing in your life. He wants you to think that what's happened, or maybe even the decisions that you made, have carried you so far outside the will of God that he's nowhere to be found. Can I tell you today, listen to me. I want you to listen to me. I don't care what you've done. I don't care what storm you're in or which storm you've been through. We serve a God that has not left you. He is still there. He is with you. We serve a God that doesn't stand on the other side of that valley to hold your hand. He carries it through the valley to the mountain peaks as well. Does that mean that there's not going to be lost sometimes? No. No. Does it mean that there's not going to be consequences to our actions sometimes? There's going to be consequences. When I was a little boy growing up, I had two little ponies. They were trick ponies. They were miniature Shetland ponies, Coco and Brownie. One of them was really cool. You could ride it. You could walk up to it. I'm not kidding. You could walk up to it and go, bang, pony would fall over dead. Isn't that cool? The other one, if he could speak, he would walk up and go, bang, to you because it was just mean, you know? One really nice, one was really mean. Well, my dad told me, he said, you know, you can ride brownie, and I may have them mixed up. I was like six, y'all. Y'all have a little grace with me. He said, you can ride brownie, but don't get on Cocoa because she'll hurt you. She'll run you under a tree or something or whatever, you know. But I was a cowboy. I had chaps and all, right? I was six. One day when dad wasn't looking, I decided I was going to ride Cocoa. I get on Coco, and the first thing Coco does is find a tree with a low-hanging limb. Takes me off. I've got blood running down my face, snot, crying, mad. I go in the house. I get my BB gun. I pump it up, <coughs> shoot Coco right in the rear. It's the truth. There were consequences to my actions. I thought my dad was going to kill me. Kids, don't shoot your ponies with a pellet gun. It's not good. Everybody's going to. I'm going to get emails tonight and go, Pastor. My son went home and shot his pony with a BB gun. Don't do that, guys. It's bad. Will there be loss sometimes? Yes. Will we sometimes have to face the consequences of our actions? Yes. When we've made mistakes, does God turn his back on us? No. Somebody needs to hear that today. You know, this last week on Tuesday, it was one of those days that was just absolutely breathtaking. It was one of the most beautiful days that I had ever experienced. I was outside and the sun was coming up and it was at a moment when the fog was settling in to the valley that I was in. And it was so thick you could only see about 50 feet in front of you. And I've never heard an audible voice of God. But I really felt God speaking to me at this moment. And what I felt was a sense of peace that just it was unlike any peace that I've felt in a long, long time. And what I noticed is as the fog settled into the valley that I was sitting in, I could still see the trees and I could still see what was in a distance. But it was just different. And I felt like what God was showing me at that moment is that in life, there are going to be difficult seasons that you're going to have to walk through. We all have to walk through them. Jesus walked through a difficult season, didn't he? He said, but when you're looking at those obstacles through the filter of the Holy Spirit, I'm in control now, you're not. You don't have to worry about what's on the other side of the ridge as long as you're looking through the lens of the Holy Spirit. This morning as I was standing on the patio early, I looked across the field behind our campus and I noticed that same thought And I felt God say, "I'm resting upon the church, and whatever it is that the world is trying to throw at the church right now, I've got it If we continue to look at the obstacles and the hurdles and the issues." That we are going to have, we're all going to have to walk through. If we don't include the presence of God on those issues, it'll cause you to go into a spin and a complete and utter chaos. But when you allow the Holy Spirit to move in on that situation, and I know it's tough, guys, I can't even fathom some of the pains I look around this room that I know some of you have been through. But when you allow God to come into the presence of that storm, It provides a peace that surpasses all understanding. We see two men in a boat that went through a storm. Jesus took a nap. Paul ate a turkey sandwich. Why? Because they knew God was in the midst of it. They knew God was in control. You see, the Holy Spirit spoke to Paul, which allowed him to have peace when all hope looked to be lost. We see it in verse 33. It says, just before dawn, Paul urged them all to eat. For the last 14 days, he said, you have been in constant suspense and have gone without food. You haven't eaten anything. Now I urge you to take some food. You need it to survive. Not one of you will lose a single hair from his head. After he said this, he took some bread and he gave thanks to God in front of them all. Then he broke it and he began to eat. They were all encouraged and ate some food themselves. Altogether, there were 276 of us on board. When they had eaten as much as they wanted, they lightened the ship by throwing the grain into the sea. Let me tell you this. We're all leaders. Amen? We've established that. You may be leading a a, a company. You may be leading a group of men or a group of women. It may be that you're leading your family, but at the very minimum, you're leading yourself. We are all leaders. And not only are we leaders, we're the body of Christ. And God has called us to be above reproach, and He set us aside. We're able to be the head and not the tail but you're going to walk through some storms. One of the greatest attributes a leader can have is the ability to remain calm in a storm. Because of Paul's ability to remain calm in the midst of this storm, he was able to share the love of Christ to 276 men that was on that boat that day from a position that the world would say that there was no way he was a leader. He was being transported to trial, but he kept his head. Proverbs twenty four ten says, "If you are weak in a crisis, you are weak indeed." Great leaders know how to deescalate tense situations. They're calm under pressure. Great leaders know how to keep their emotions in check. They walk in the fruit of the spirit called self control. Great leaders think clearly under pressure and make sound decisions. They don't get paralyzed. They don't fail to act. And they're not bound by fear and defensiveness indecisiveness now there are two things that we see paul doing here that we can learn from and the first thing is he imparts courage to others twice he tells them keep your courage why because courage is something that can be handed over it can be given away the second time he tells them to keep your courage for i have faith in god paul was lending them his faith Paul's so assured, that he starts eating. Watch David in Psalm 23. We see the same type of spirit in this leader. Psalm 23, 4 says, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. He says, I walk through it. He didn't say I walk around it. He says, I walk through it. The second thing that Paul does is he hears from God. He listens. He gets a word from God that settles his spirit. How many mountain climbers do we have in the room? have anybody that climbs mountains? No? Well, I thought we'd have one at least. Mountain climbers use a rope that has five strands on the outside and there is an inner cord inside of this rope. And the way these ropes are designed is that inner cord will hold the weight of you even if the outer cords fail. You see, the thing about it is is mountain climbers know that when they go from rock to rock and they they continue to climb enough mountains and when they go over enough hills, there's going to be some of their outer strands that are frayed. In life, some of your outer strands are going to get frayed. Your health is going to get frayed. Relationships are going to get frayed. The things around you are going to fray. But if you've spent time along with the the Lord and you've built your foundation on faith, when the outer strands fail us in life, that inner cord will hold you. I'll say this, if you keep holding on to your faith, one day your faith is going to hold you. Number two. And this is important. Real leaders shake things off. Everybody say, shake it off. Look at Acts 28, 1 through 6. It says, once safely on shore, we found out that the island was called Malta. Malta. The islanders showed us unusual kindness. They built a fire and welcomed us all because it was raining and cold. Paul gathered a pile of brushwood and as he put it on the fire, a viper driven out by the heat fastened itself on his hand. When the islanders saw the snake hanging from his hand, they said to each other, This man must be a murderer, for though he escaped from the sea, the goddess Justice has not allowed him to live. But Paul shook the snake off into the fire and suffered no ill effects. The people expected him to swell up or suddenly fall dead, but after waiting a long time and seeing nothing unusual happen to him, they changed their minds and said he was a god. Paul never let it slow him down. Paul was on a mission... He knew where he was going. He knew what he was going to do. And when the viper tried to latch onto his hand, he never let it break his stripe. He never stopped. There's going to be attacks from the outside that come to us. I can get bit by a mosquito and it just stops everything. Now, Paul, Paul never let it slow him down. It kind of reminds me of the Stanley Cup. We have any hockey fans in here? We got one hockey fan in the back. Man, you people need to get out more often. (laughs) Have you noticed in the Stanley Cup and hockey, man, those guys, they get arms broken, legs broken, organs bruised. They never check up. They come off the ice, they're missing three teeth, right? And they're still smiling, still smiling. Football or basketball, they can get a little foul and timeout, carry them off the field. Two plays later, they're back in, right? Not the Stanley Cup, not for hockey. Tennis players can have a little bit of an upset stomach. No, I'm just kidding. I know we've got a few tennis players in here. Why is that, I wonder? Because they recognize that the prize is greater than the pain. They recognize that what they're there to accomplish is greater than anything that they could face. Can I just tell you, church, what God has called us to is greater than than any opposition that we can face. And the prize, the importance, the magnitude of allowing the enemy to distract us and prevent us from getting where we're going, there's no comparison. I want you to write this down. And this is important. Whatever you fail to shake off, Satan will be faithful to stir up. Let me say that again. Whatever you fail to shake off in life, Satan will be faithful to stir up. We've seen some snake bites turn into some strongholds over the last few years. Spirit of deception. People walking around confused. Spirit of rejection. When you have a spirit of rejection on you, you eventually force people to reject you. Spirit of fear. I know people who are still out of church right now It's allowing fear to prevent them from coming together with their family and worshiping the Lord. There's some things that some of you need to shake off this morning. Number three, real leaders, they find needs and they fill them. If you look at chapter 28, verses 7 through 9, it says, There was an estate nearby that belonged to Publius, the chief official. Of the island. He welcomed us to his home and showed us generous hospitality for three days. His father was sick in bed, suffering from fever and dysentery. I cannot pronounce that word. I have tried for three days. Dysentery. Why can't I pronounce that word? Y'all know what I'm talking about. Paul went in to see him and after prayer placed his hands on him and he healed him. And then when this had happened, The rest of the sick on the island came and were cured. Now listen, we don't know. Scripture doesn't tell us how many people gave their life to Christ that day on that island. But what it does tell us is a lot of needs were met. And this morning as we were preparing for service, I looked around this room and i looked into the faces of the leaders that we have here and there was almost as many leaders in this room this morning as there is right now it was almost this full and i started thinking about why they were where they are is it because that they're just extremely gifted to serve in the church maybe in some areas? Is it because, well, nobody could do it better? No. No, as I looked around the room today and I saw people that were leading worship and leading our children's ministry and leading our coffee team and leading our men's group, they're leading because they saw a need and they filled it. And then what ended up happening is, God, broke their heart. It's because people recognized needs inside the church and they took a prayerful approach to what was next. That we're able to sit in service today. That we're able to sit here and you can hear my voice through a microphone is because people stepped up and said, I'll serve. The reason that the lights are on is because people saw the need. sir. the reason that your kids are back there learning and about God, learning about Jesus. Someone recognized the need and they said, use me. I I know this. God has called each and every one of us. Every one of us. Youth, I want you to hear me. God's called you. I don't care how young you are or how old you are. God has called each and every one of us not just to come in here on Sunday and be disciple but for us then to go out and disciple others in this community and and in the world. There's people that God will place in your path that He will give you favor with. If you'll just listen, I shared a story this morning with our team. And I didn't share this in the first service, but I just think it's important. My wife and I stopped to look at a camper. Go figure I don't know why, but we drove to this place. It was almost out of town. I didn't even know it was open. I don't know why. She said, where are you going? I said, I don't know. I said, I think, I think we're supposed to look at this camera. So we get there, and the guy that owns this little place, he comes out. and We get to talking to him, and he's got cancer, and he's not doing well he hadn't been in church in a really long time but he shared a story with me and, and I it was real obvious really quick that we weren't there for a camp we were there for this guy and I asked him how his relationship with the Lord was and he more or less he told us his relationship with the Lord was doing okay but that he could tell he had some things. He had some snake bites towards church. There was some venom that was still holding on to him. But he shared a story with us about his youth pastor or his Sunday school pastor, I think was what he called He said, you know, when I was growing up in this church, he said, my Sunday school pastor, is what him, he had the same cancer that I have. And he said, but he never missed a Sunday. He said, because of the treatments, he couldn't sit down. He could only stand up or lay down. And he couldn't stand up for very long because the pain was just excruciating. He said, you know what they did at that church? I said, what's that? He said, they brought a mat in to the back of the room. And that man was lay down in the back of the sanctuary Worship God. How many of you ever stayed home from church because you were tired? This man didn't miss a single Sunday. I'm going to tell you something. and I want you to listen to me. I feel very strongly that God has called me to lead very boldly in this season. So I'm fixing to challenge your tails off. If there are some things that have latched onto you in this season. A spirit of offense, somebody's offended you, somebody said something to you, somebody didn't do this, they didn't do that. They should have said this, they should have called, they should have came by, they should have this, they should have that. You're going to have to shake that stuff off.. Thank you for joining us today. If you made a decision for Christ or could use prayer for any area of your life, please let us know. All you have to do is text Greenbrier to 88,000 and click on Connect Card. Be sure to join us next week.